0: Hi, bud.
1: Hey, man. <laughs>
0: What's happening? Ain't shit. Tight. We got a, a special, special edition today. You probably you looking at your podcast. you going, what? It's
1: Thursday. This don't make no damn sense.
0: Well, it's because. It's not really the What If podcast. We are uh, debuting our brand new show, Finding Quantum Quest, this week. Slash, it has been debuted. And we wanted to make sure that y'all saw it, because uh, we think it's good, and we worked really hard on it, and we want to share it with y'all. Yeah!
1: And, you know, the 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 very first inception of this show was on this show. True. So, uh, so you all heard about this, uh, a year ago and it turned into something a lot bigger than just a random 50 minute (laughs) rambling of the two of us. (laughs) Where Uh, it
0: turns out we got a bunch of stuff wrong also. So that's
1: fun. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Which, uh, teaser we may be revisiting at some point, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so, we want you to go to listen to Finding Quantum Quest, go subscribe to it on your podcatchers, go to findingquantumquest.com. But for today, you don't have to go anywhere other than the What If podcast feed. We are going to play the first episode of Finding Quantum Quest, the introduction to the story in its entirety, uh, so you can hear it and get a taste for it. And if you like it, uh, then you should go over there and uh, and subscribe to it to make sure you get the rest of it. We won't be playing the rest of the show on this feed. So just as as a reminder, this is a one time thing. You can't just be like, "Wow, well, just stay here and I'll get it all anyway," because you won't.
0: We don't we don't want clutter things up for you. You know, you know us. You know us. We we take a minimalist approach to podcasting. Extremely
1: <laughs> organized, very straightforward uh-huh. and professional. We wouldn't want to clutter up your podcast feeds.
0: Also, uh, I would recommend either while you listen or after you listen, go check out our website, findingquantumquest.com, because there are transcripts, well, for the first episode, there will be for all subsequent episodes. uh, And in those transcripts are links to a lot of the stuff that we discuss in the episode. So if you want to dive in a little deeper to any of the stuff, or if you want to see, uh, for example some of the video that accompanies some of the audio in the first episode. Yes. You can find all that fun stuff and more. Or
1: some of the documents we reference or.
0: Yeah. All that stuff is available at findingquantumquest.com. So check that out too. But yeah, for now, listen, enjoy. If you do enjoy, please go subscribe. And, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with a regular episode of what if. Share it with a friend. Enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening. We love you.
1: David Media.
0: This is Finding Quantum Quest. I'm Spencer Worth Davis. January of 2021 was pretty rough, especially in Minnesota. It was cold. We were coming up on almost a year of being stuck inside. COVID was raging. It was dark by 4:30 every day. Things were looking pretty bleak for a minute there. There also just wasn't a whole lot to do, and I spent a decent amount of time just scrolling through the entire internet. One night, I was killing some time on Reddit, just sort of looking for a rabbit hole to fall down, and I came across a thread in the movies subreddit about something called Quantum Quest: A Cassini Space Odyssey. The post from a user named Jake Lazarsky1 was titled Quantum Quest the movie with an all-star cast that only played in the Kentucky IMAX. Jake went on to write, quote, ''Quantum Quest, A Cassini Space Odyssey is a movie I recently found out about.'' You've probably never heard of it, but it features the voice acting of Chris Pine, Samuel Jackson, Mark Hamill, James Earl Jones, William Shatner, Sandra Oh, Hayden Christensen, and many more. It only played in a Kentucky IMAX theater for six months. It's not on Amazon, eBay, or any streaming service. Nothing. I need to watch this weird fever dream of a film. Please help me find this movie. Not a lot to go on, but it definitely grabbed my attention. It seemed like an interesting project, and I figured it couldn't be too hard to find a 10-year-old movie with a dozen huge stars in it. Thankfully, for a lost movie, there's quite a bit of info about it online. I spent the next six months trying to find the movie and every piece of information available about it. Today, I've invited my buddy, Eric Mason, along with my co-producers, Ryan Koprud and Sam McCullough, into the studio to talk about what I've found.
2: I've been trying to dream it up. I'm like, maybe he saw a ghost? Maybe he was a CIA agent? But yeah, no, I know nothing
0: about Eric and I met about 10 years ago, playing music together, and he's just one of my favorite people. He's hilarious, he's super smart, and he's the perfect person to fall down this weird little rabbit hole with. I haven't told him anything about this story yet. We're just going to sit down together and get into it. So Eric, I'm just going to tell you a story. Okay. And it's long and it takes a lot of weird turns. Okay. And I've been thinking about it for like six months. And so it's I'm probably not super objective about it. But if it doesn't make sense at any point... Go ahead and stop me, ask questions, whatever. Okay. We're just going to take a weird ride. I am ready. Okay. (laughs) So I'm scrolling through Reddit one night last January. Okay. And I come across a post in, I think it was in the movies subreddit, about this movie called Quantum Quest. Quantum Quest. The movie with an all-star cast that only played in a Kentucky IMAX theater. I showed Eric the Reddit post that got me started on this whole thing, and he immediately had some questions. Well, wait, how does he know about it? I don't know. It's (laughs) unclear. Like, there's no context in the post. There were probably like a dozen comments. Most of them were just like some version of what you just said. Uh Like, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. One person uh, said that it came out in 2010 and linked to the IMDb page for the movie. Okay. So there's an IMDb page. A Wikipedia page and a Rotten Tomatoes page all that are like pretty robust okay so I figured like it can't be that hard to find a 10 year old movie with every actor in Hollywood superstar cast yeah yeah. that has like a ton of info online about it it's not like your typical lost media piece like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of info about this out there according to IMDB Quantum Quest is a 48 minute long animated sci-fi movie produced in partnership with NASA And the cast is completely nuts. It starred William Shatner, Samuel Jackson, Amanda Peet, Mark Hamill, Chris Pine, Jason Alexander, Sandra O, James Earl Jones, Tom Kenny, Brent Spiner, Doug Jones, Robert Picardo, Abigail Breslin, Hayden Christensen, Casey Kasem, and the first person to walk on the moon, Neil Armstrong, in his one and only film role. How did they fit all those people in 48 minutes? Well... (laughs) According to the plot summary on IMDb, the movie follows Dave, a young particle of light, also known as a photon, who's forced out of the sun and begins a journey of self-discovery. He must get to the Cassini spacecraft, which was a real Uh NASA spaceship, and save it from the forces of the Void, who wish to destroy Cassini before it sends its great discoveries back to Earth. I didn't know the Void had forces. Yes. we (laughs) are (laughs) fucked. That's awful imdb has some stills from the movie which give us our first glimpse of the characters including dave the photon wow that's freaky looking so i mean it's it's a person it's a it's a man uh-huh. with like long blonde braids it's and like a cgi jason momoa he, he does also have a you can't see in that picture but if we go to this other one he has a tail i guess you can't yeah oh so he's got a tail and braids but he's definitely just like a guy
2: photons do have
0: tails Yeah, sure. They're prehensile. (laughs) Um, So we got, yeah, we got, that's Dave the Photon. We have Amanda Pete over here. Who's like a bird lizard? There are a lot of lizards,
2: it seems like. like really long lashes.
0: Yeah. Um, And then we've got the void is like this big black kind of smoky monster looking thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. With a chest face and a real face.
0: And then like a lot of sort of reptile... Lizards, dinosaurs kind of vibe. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then the actual Cassini spacecraft. Okay. As a fan of sci-fi, animation, and just a good internet mystery, my curiosity was definitely piqued. How had I never heard of this movie? How did they possibly get this whole cast together? Who made this thing and why? It seems relatively solvable Uh compared to like maybe some other lost media stuff. This sounds like a perfect
2: way to spend quarantine. Well, that's the you, other thing. Basically. It was
0: January of 2020 in Minnesota. It was <laughs> right. like negative 10 every day. Yeah, COVID was at its peak. It tailor-made mystery for you. Yeah. It was dark by 4.30 every day. Right. <laughs> and so as soon as I finished my work for the day, I would just sit down and try and find stuff about quantum uh-huh. for months.
1: Honey, I said, don't bother me when I'm deep diving! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I on mean, the QQ
0: trail! <laughs> honestly like you're tearing this family apart like not that far. did you feed the dog today (laughs) seriously like there were there were a couple moments of legitimate concern i think honey where did all my push pins and yarn go don't go in the basement bro at one point in my room i had like hundreds of post-it notes oh no
1: oh no
0: (laughs) so i dug a little deeper and i found out that quantum quest was released in 2010 but never in major theaters There was never a home video release, and it's never been on any streaming services. As of this recording, it's impossible to watch this movie anywhere, even on torrent sites. The one place it did show outside of a couple small festivals was the Kentucky Science Center in Louisville, where it ran daily for about six months in 2010. This movie is so obscure that even people who worked on it haven't seen it. Jim Meskimen is an actor whose credits include Parks and Rec, The Good Place, and The Boondocks. You may also know him as the current voice of Colonel Sanders for KFC. Jim recorded voiceover for two characters in the movie, but lost track of the project soon after.
1: No, I I never really heard about it again. It it showed up on my IMDb page for years and years. And I I despaired of having it taken off because it was like, well, this just seems weird to have it there listed uh, without actually being a thing yeah no, I never really heard much more about it that I can remember.
0: Andrew Heilprin, the assistant editor on Quantum Quest, hasn't seen it either. Stuart McCowan, the supervising sound editor on the movie, wasn't aware that it had even disappeared
1: to be honest i I, I didn't even think about it after we we finished. I, I knew that it was it was supposed to get a release, but i I never knew that it didn't
0: Samuel L. Jackson, who's in the movie, <laughs> oh my God. said that he had ne- not only had he not seen it, he had never heard of it what there's a quote from 2005 where he says quote i have no idea what that is i never (laughs) looked at a script a proposal or anything else i keep seeing it with my name attached and going what is that what yeah okay and it just gets weirder from there apparently there was not just one but two different a-list casts associated with this project the movie's original title was 2004 A Light Night's Odyssey and had even more big name stars on board. If you look at the the credits for it, there's the cast that I read earlier with uh-huh. all those huge actors. Yeah. But then there's like an earlier version or iteration or like working title version of the movie. The Workshop. <laughs> yeah. That had John Travolta as the lead instead of Whoa. Chris Pine, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Instead of uh, Amanda Pete what and Christian Slater instead of Hayden Christensen? Oh my God! And then some of the same actors, like Samuel L. Jackson, appears in both versions, despite having never heard of it. Did Travolta have to can it because it was like too close to like Scientology lore? (laughs) Space lizard got too too (laughs) close, (laughs) too close to home. (laughs) And they got pretty far with that first cast too. Here's audio of them recording voiceover at Buzzies, an LA recording studio, in the summer of 2000. Courtesy of Adrian Carr, the original director of the movie. Hello.
2: I'm Dave. Is anyone there? I need your help. Let's just pick that up from the beginning. You're in this big amphitheater, so you can look around, get a bit of feeling for it,
1: and then, is anyone there? Oh, okay. Oh, I see, right. Okay, very good. Okay,
2: (laughs) Hello! I'm Dave!
0: Is anyone there? That's John Travolta as Dave the Photon. And this is Samuel Jackson as Fear. Dave is the light. The light carries the knowledge. A knowledge that threatens us all. A light that will destroy our darkness.
1: Destroy Dave. Destroy the light.
0: Dave must be stopped. The light must not reach Cassini. He must be destroyed.
2: Fly my dark ones! Destroy Dave! Destroy the light! Wow. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yes? Samuel L. Jackson, that guy, doesn't mm-hmm. remember
0: doing that? Apparently. Like, that, it's the weirdest thing ever. Like, oh, clearly he did it. Well, right? and he it,
2: did it to death.
0: Yes. Like, I've never seen Samuel
2: Jackson go that hard on anything. Yes. For like a
0: sustained period of time. And that interview was, so this session was 2000. That interview was from 2005.
2: Still not that long. Was he like in like a fugue state? Did they drug? It kind of sounded like it. Honestly,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we also have Christian Slater as Jammer.
1: Hey, beautiful. Was I like totally awesome or what?
0: And Sarah Michelle Gellar as Ranger, later replaced by Amanda Peet. This dispatch must reach the Saturn Cassini Space Corps Commander in 120 cycles. The fate of trillions upon trillions of photons depends on it. This. Earlier version of the movie, the working title was 2004: A Light Night's Odyssey. Okay. And then it later vibes. Yeah, there are a lot of 2001: A Space Odyssey parallels. And Neil
2: is in this. Correct. correct. Lending more credence to the fake moon landing theory.
0: Well, well, well.
2: Oh no! Did I hit on something? No, no, no. 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 Okay. We went to the moon. We're not. (laughs) No. no. Cut the cut (laughs) the stream. Cut the feed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, 2004: A Light Night's Odyssey eventually for whatever reason became a uh, quantum quest a cassini space odyssey i'm, I'm very sorry it, light night as in kn K- kn yeah a light nights odyssey i think the, the dave the photon was a a light night if you will got it that's my guess i don't know like as opposed to a heavy night <laughs> correct <laughs> in my digging i also came across the movie's official website which is still active and the mystery grew deeper the website claims the movie was produced and animated by Digimax, a Taiwanese animation studio which doesn't appear to have produced another feature film before or after Quantum Quest. The movie was directed by Daniel St. Pierre, probably best known for his work at Disney, where he was a layout artist on The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Hunchback of Notre Dame. He was also the art director on Tarzan, where he helped invent a new form of 3D animation known as Deep Canvas, which earned him a Science and Technical Academy Award. He also worked on Shark Tale, Madagascar, Shrek 2, and Kung Fu Panda while he was at DreamWorks. Doesn't really seem like the kind of resume that would lead someone to an unknown Taiwanese animation studio directing movies that no one's ever seen. The only other person listed under the Filmmakers section of the website is Dr. Harry Kluwer, who, according to his bio, is a, quote, successful serial entrepreneur, scientist, technologist, educator, policy advisor, author, and Hollywood filmmaker. Prior to Quantum Quest, Dr. Kluwer wrote a few Star Trek Voyager episodes. Wait, which which ones? Uh, the only one I know for sure, I think it was like two or three episodes. It wasn't a ton. Okay. But the one, you know, the one where the doctor has his like seven of nine romance. No, <laughs> well, maybe her to sing. Maybe that one too. But the uh, <laughs> I think he did write multiple doctor episodes. But the the one where the doctor has his holodeck family, The
2: holodeck family doctor yeah. episode. Yeah, he wrote those that were one. the worst. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Oh no, is that the how they got
0: Robert Picardo in here? Probably. There are a lot of Star Trek connections. Gotcha. Like, uh, well, Data. Yeah, is in right. there too, and well, Chris Pine was like movie Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I would assume that's the Picardo connection. Is he wrote like the Doctor episodes of Voyager? Gotcha. Kler was also the first American to ever earn two simultaneous PhDs when he was awarded degrees in chemistry and physics from Purdue University in 1994. There are also uh, these actor like oh pro- promo videos. I guess we'll call them. So, a bunch of the actors, including Chris Pine and Amanda Peet and Jason Alexander, they recorded these promo videos just basically hyping up the movie, and here is, for example, Chris Pine telling you to go see Quantum Quest when it comes out. Okay. Hey there. Hi. I'm Chris Pine, and I play Dave. Particle of Light and Quantum Quest the movie. It is a total blast. I think you should all come out and see it. It's a lot of fun and you'll even learn a few things. So this is a dream come true and I've always wanted to do this. I am very prepared to be known as
1: Dave the, the, the Photon. Absolutely. I hope that uh, many
0: a kid at Halloween will have a Dave the Photon outfit. And I, I promise every kid that I will be out there in my Dave the Photon outfit as well.
2: That's a very strange video. Yes. That made me really uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: they're bizarre. (laughs) There are lots of them. There's one with Amanda Peet. There's one with uh, with Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo. More importantly, we have an actual trailer for the movie. Oh my God. The four minute trailer is honestly kind of a mess. The animation is not great, even for 2010. The sound is really rough, and I'm honestly not sure what the story is all about. But at the same time, it's kind of hard not to get excited hearing that whole voice cast together. The music is pretty good, and I don't know, it might work as sort of a silly, fun kids movie. So, we got a trailer uh, that is, well... Your thoughts on the trailer?
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks like like late '90s video game cutscenes. Yeah, with like really
0: shoddy audio editing. Oh, I, I should probably mention all of the post audio was done at Skywalker Ranch, oh the, my, like, nicest, best post production facility in the world. Oh, that has no. won 62 Academy Awards for their sound editing. Gotta say, it doesn't show. No, no. (laughs) And things just keep getting weirder. NASA and JPL, a research and development lab federally funded by NASA, were directly involved in making this movie. NASA apparently wanted to produce a video to educate the public about the Cassini-Huygens mission to Saturn and Saturn's moon Titan, which, as far as I can tell, almost never happens. NASA consults on a bunch of movies, but... I haven't been able to find another example of them actually initiating a Hollywood movie production. The movie was commissioned in 1996, but they couldn't actually begin production until the Cassini-Huygens probe reached Saturn and started sending back data. Quantum Quest is obviously fictional, but the Cassini-Huygens mission was very real. It was a joint project of NASA, JPL, the European Space Agency, and the Italian Space Agency that launched in 1997 and liftoff of the Cassini spacecraft on a billion-mile trek to Saturn. Cassini explored Saturn and its moons for almost 20 years before burning up in Saturn's atmosphere in 2017. It was one of NASA's most successful missions, and its highlights included landing a probe on an outer solar system moon for the first time, discovering a huge ocean of liquid water on Saturn's moon Enceladus, and taking more than 400,000 images of Saturn, its rings, and its moons. The plan was for Quantum Quest to intersperse animated sequences with real images taken from Cassini and other NASA missions. An Animation World Network article from 2009 lists the movie's budget as, quote, "...in the $10 million range." So, quick recap. We have this 48-minute long animated sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. with two of the biggest A-list casts imaginable Mm -hmm. directed by this, like, animation genius from Disney and DreamWorks written by some guy with two PhDs who had never made a movie before Uh made in Taiwan by an animation studio that had never made a feature film either before or after this. This appears Uh, to be the uh. only project they ever made. Commissioned by NASA with a budget of $10 million, (laughs) ran on exactly one screen in Louisville, Kentucky. That people seem to not remember even being in. And then disappeared forever. Yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson blacked the whole thing out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's extremely bizarre. Yeah. So I had like, A few different things to go on. Uh One of them was the fact that apparently NASA paid for this thing, or at least partially funded this thing, Mm -hmm. which would mean that there would have to be some record of that somewhere because those are tax dollars. Oh, no. NASA is a federally funded organization. Did you hack NASA? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) But... I started going through. Wait, sorry.
2: Did your friend hack NASA? <laughs> I mean, there we
0: go. So JPL managed Cassini for NASA. The mm-hmm. relationship is a little confusing, but in short, JPL or Jet Propulsion Labs is one of NASA's primary contractors. They build a lot of the robotic spacecraft that NASA uses on their planetary missions, and they also manage some of those missions, including the Cassini-Huygens mission. So JPL managed Cassini, Huygens. They would have been responsible for any of this like education and outreach stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started digging through their I- archives online looking for any mention of Quantum Quest, 2004, A Light Night's Odyssey, <laughs> or like any of the, any Cassini, Huygens educational materials I can find, any uh-huh. of that stuff. I went through every press release, employee newsletter, or publicly available material from... 95 to 2010 and found no mention of it wow so eventually I filed a FOIA request you did not (laughs) asking for you (laughs) madman any information about a film developed as part of the Cassini-Huygens education and outreach program and
2: you're on a couple of lists now Eh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. People file FOIL requests all the time. Honestly, given your past internet search histories, you're probably already on a few lists. Yeah
0: this, is, yeah, this is no worse than several other things. They actually got back to me, but said that they didn't have any records of such a project, but also records from that era likely would have been destroyed by now. Okay. Convenient. Well, it does seem a little weird that like we're not talking about stuff from the 50s, and also they do have stuff from the 50s, like... On right, their on website. Record, right? I was reading plenty of materials from this era.
2: Right. Yeah, space exploration seems like a stuff would be pretty publicly available and, like, well-recorded. I mean, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> right, it's all yeah.
0: supposed to be, and we're talking about at max 15 years ago. Yeah, right. So I don't know. what, Whatever that response means, they either didn't have anything or didn't want to give me anything. Okay. I kind of had to, if I wanted to to find anything else out about this. I felt like I would sort of exhausted what the internet had to offer. Uh Sam Jackson's no help. (laughs) Sam Jackson, (laughs) even if I could get a hold of him, absolutely no help. And every piece of information I was finding just led to more questions, Mm -hmm. right? Like every time I thought I was onto something, it just opened up a bunch of other more confusing avenues. Mm -hmm. At this point, I had way more questions than answers. Can I find this movie? How did it get made? How did they cast all these huge stars? Who or what is Digimax? And how did a couple of American filmmakers making a movie for NASA end up doing the whole thing in Taiwan? What was NASA's role throughout this process? How did Skywalker Sound get involved? And maybe most importantly, does any of this actually matter? Why am I suddenly so invested in some space movie for kids? I was pretty sure I wasn't going to find any more answers on the internet. If I really wanted to find out how this movie got made and what happened to it, I was going to have to start reaching out to some of the people who made it. But before I did that, I shot an email to my buddies Ryan Copperwood and Sam McCullough to see if they wanted to join me on this weird little ride I was embarking on. I got these guys involved to be like, look at this weird fucking thing I found. I know y'all aren't doing anything for the next couple months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're all
0: stuck in our houses.
2: Warm up your Googling fingers. Yeah, can
0: can we go find this thing yeah. and figure out what the hell happened here? So we started just emailing back and forth and finding different little bits and pieces of stuff. In one night, at one point, we sent 70 emails in a thread. <laughs> And I learned that Google will automatically make a new thread for you at a certain point. No,
2: yeah, like, that's enough, bud.
0: We we broke yeah. your phone because it couldn't load our email chain anymore.
1: <laughs> I literally was like, I was in my email app and I was like, I don't know what you guys are sending anymore. Because my that's, email that's app it. is like, Gmail is like, they're not
2: actually doing. bottomless mimosas, bro. <laughs> like, there is a limit. So,
1: you've had enough. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I feel like you probably tripped there, like, this is like our QAnon filter, (laughs) we're like, there's some conspiracy theorists out here planning another insurrection, and we gotta put a stop to this. Enough,
1: like, NASA, JPL, (laughs) government.
0: Someone on this thread just filed a FOIA request using the same email (laughs) address. We're not trying
2: to be a part of this, too.
0: First, I tried calling a phone number that was listed on the Quantum Quest website. Maybe I could just give him a call and get this whole thing sorted out, but... Unfortunately, the phone number was disconnected, and the email I sent went unanswered. Next, I found a 2010 press release for the movie which listed a PR contact, Maggie Begley. I called the number from the decade-old press release and was surprised to hear someone actually answer the phone, much less Maggie herself. I told her I was calling about Quantum Quest, and she said, wow, that was a long time ago. She wasn't obviously working on the film anymore, but she offered to put me in touch with the filmmakers. Figured it was... Probably a long shot, but it was a start at least.
2: So you've got exactly one person who has acknowledged this was real. I was a part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, one non Reddit user. Right. Exactly. Didn't say she had seen it, however. Okay. So, I mean, she worked on a movie project. Mm. We haven't confirmed that there's actually a movie at this point. Right. Um, Then I got real bold and called Charles Colhase. Okay. Okay. Who is listed as the NASA slash JPL coordinator on the film? Wow! So he worked at JPL and was like the liaison between the two, apparently. Uh huh. And he's he is a wildly fascinating dude. He worked at uh, at JPL starting in 1960. Okay. And when he was 25, presented the first like Mars mission plan mm. to. Dr. William Pickering, who was the director of JPL, and Werner von Braun. Whoa. The Yikes. Nazis. Yeah. Yikes. Former Nazi scientist and chief Paper architect. Yeah, yeah. Project paperclip. But also chief ar- architect of the Saturn V rocket, mm-hmm. which ultimately got us to the moon. Like, yep. big deal in 1960. Yeah. Um, he, Cole Hayes eventually became the design manager for the Voyager missions. Hmm. He was the navigation leader for the Viking mission to Mars. Wow. Um, he was awarded NASA's Distinguished Service Medal, which is the agency's highest honor in 2003. He worked on Carl Sagan's Cosmos. No way. In the 80s, uh, where he and Jim Blinn, who like basically invented computer animation, they uh-huh. did a lot of the animations in Cosmos. Wow. Uh, Carl Sagan once said of Charles Colhase, quote, Charlie Colhase's name should be as well known as Michael Jordan's. Wow. Core. So, Cole Hayes retired from JPL in 1998, but his resume lists NASA JPL coordinator for $10 million IMAX edutainment production, Quantum Quest, <laughs> underway by Digimax Studios in Taiwan from 2007 to 2008. Uh. All that to say, not only was NASA and JPL like directly involved in this movie, they brought one of their... All time most accomplished employees, the Michael Jordan of NASA, out of retirement to work on this movie. Wow! To oversee the, like the we production. Need you to come the, back in. I'm, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, this is Charlie Colhay's Washington Wizards yes. effectively, is what
1: we're dealing with here.
0: <laughs> on his website, he has an email and a phone number listed. So I sent him an email. It bounced back. I called the phone number, and it's just like one of the generic "You've reached this number" read by a robot mm-hmm. things. So I left a, a voicemail. And he called me back like five minutes later.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) And I explained to him. Did you record this phone call? uh,
0: No, unfortunately Um, I explained to him that I was trying to like find more info on quantum quest and saw that he was listed as like the JPL contact for it. And just like, can you either give me some information about this or like point me in the right direction? Uh And he hung up on me (gasps) after, after having called me back. So, like, I so him.
2: he heard your, his voicemail or your voicemail.
0: I'm assuming he did. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just saw the, a random number that called him and called it back, but he called me okay, back wait, and wait. then hung up on me as soon did, as I asked him about it.
2: What, what was the phrase that you said right before he hung up on you? Or like, how did you approach this?
0: I basically said like, I mean, I think what I just said, like I'm yeah. trying to find information about this movie Quantum Quest. I saw that you worked on it. I'm just wondering if you can like, I'm trying to figure out what happened to it I'm yeah. wondering if you can point me in the right direction. Click. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. So I then immediately called. Shout out him. if you're listening. Shout out. <laughs> I then immediately called Ryan and was like, holy shit, a weird <laughs> thing just happened. <laughs> and we were talking for like two minutes.
1: And Spencer goes, wait, 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 wait. I got to go. He's calling me back. No. He,
0: Charlie Cole called me back like three minutes later. I had to get on a private line. <laughs> <laughs> to basically. So I. I obviously I answered yeah you apologize for hanging up on me and then said the following quote the movie had a lot of issues some of them affected people's jobs it's something I'd hope to forget about <gasps> and then said I should get all of my information from Harry Clure the yeah writer and the Clure, producer." The villain. Yep. <laughs> The guy you think is a super villain for
2: some reason. Serial entrepreneur and double <laughs> PhD guy who wrote the doctor episodes of Voyager. Yeah, I think he might be a villain. I think he might be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Cole <laughs> says I should get my information from him because, quote, I don't really want to go back to that time period. Okay. And I said, okay, thank you. Goodbye. What? Like, what the hell is going on? Uh-huh somehow people's jobs were affected by a kids movie like right. what possibly could have gone so wrong with this that the michael jordan of nasa <laughs> said quote i don't want to dredge that back up
2: yeah like a traumatic experience apparently yeah. yeah
0: so at this point i was super confused but also like certain i was onto something weird
2: yeah we were just trying to get the truth of the cassini project out there <laughs> So, Nobody wants to know about the void, <laughs> right? Like, were there
0: actually space lizards? And that's why NASA thinking. had to shut this yeah, down. It was
2: they were memeing too close to the sun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> After talking to Coleyce, I went back to the JPL website to see if I could find any mention of him attached to Quantum Quest or any other education and outreach projects. But most of the JPL archives were no longer accessible. The same URLs I had bookmarked a few days ago now returned 404 errors. Maybe they just like decided to re reorganize their website that week, and I had terrible timing. But oh, like, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like, something su-
0: something weird was going on. Uh-huh. Like. Right after I asked this dude about it, he gets all upset and hangs up on me and says it was this terrible situation where people lost their jobs. He was calling his lawyer, is what was happening. Suddenly, all of the JPL archives are offline. Yeah. Wow. So
2: then I called. Which, should I be worried about sitting in this room with you right now? I'm feeling suddenly
1: like, I don't
0: Think so? (laughs) Yeah, I I can't say for sure that you shouldn't. I (laughs) guess not
2: any more than normal. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: it's been like six months, and no one's shown up at my house yet. So I think you're okay. So you
2: think? Yeah. Well, good point.
0: (laughs) Next, I tried calling the Kentucky Science Center, where Quantum Quest ran for about six months in 2010. I figured maybe they still had a copy of the movie, or at least maybe I could talk to someone who had seen it. I talked to Ryan Brown, their manager of visitor services, and he not only remembered the film, but he had actually seen it. He didn't remember a whole lot about it. He called it, quote, interesting, and remembered thinking it was strange that they had such a huge cast for a 45-minute IMAX movie. It wasn't a lot to go on, but for the first time, I was talking to someone who had actually seen the movie and could confirm that it was real. And he actually said to me, like, I think we still have... (gasps) a copy of it let me go check I'll call you right back oh my god so he runs to their like storage room or whatever there's like a couple of men in suits there (laughs) (laughs) and they didn't have a copy of it anymore he found the records of it and they had shipped they only ever got one copy of the film and they shipped it back directly to Harry Clure in 2015 oh my god please tell me this ends with you talking to Harry Cluer. so we'll get there. Oh no. <laughs> this dude brought up something that I had sort of been thinking about but hadn't really articulated yet, which is why is this a 45-minute movie? Uh-huh. Like if it's sort of a normal length for an IMAX science museum movie, but if that's what you're trying to do, why do you have this crazy A-list cast involved? Right. Like you don't need that to make an IMAX movie. Right. It seems like they were trying to make something bigger than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this was supposed to be, and the way that the trailer is cut and everything like this was supposed to be a theatrical blockbuster. Like the right? people
2: working on it had this like grand, grandiose idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you can't run a 45 minute feature in regular theaters. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's in this weird in between that made me think like, is there another version of this that was supposed to be released theatrically? Hmm or like some i don't know but something mm-hmm. weird is A going on yeah, yeah, yeah because like you just don't make all those choices together intentionally i wouldn't think right so quick recap yes <laughs> harry cluer cia agent <laughs> <laughs> with dan st pierre like world-class animator, worked at the biggest animation studios in the world, Uh get every actor in Hollywood to make a $10 million movie for NASA in Taiwan. NASA brings their Michael Jordan out of retirement to oversee the production. They go to Taiwan to some studio that's never made a movie before. It runs out exactly one screen in Louisville, Kentucky for six months and then disappears forever. It's so obscure that people who worked on it have never seen it, or claim to have never even heard of it, and the federal government has no record of it ever happening despite <laughs> spending tax dollars on it. Oh, my God. That's where we're at right now. Oh, my God. So on January 29th, about four weeks after I stumbled across this thing on Reddit, I sent an email to Harry Clure wow, saying, like, hey, this movie seems really interesting. We'd love to talk to you about it us back if you're interested wow 30 minutes later he sends an email back with his phone number saying yeah give me a call wow wow yeah next time on finding quantum quest we sit down with dr harry clore
1: i'm harry floor
0: certified smart ass i'm the writer producer co-director of this Finding Quantum Quest is written and produced by Spencer Worth Davis, co-produced by Sam McCullough and Ryan Copperwood. story editing by Sierra Mulder Ayers and Katie Roth. Special thanks to Eric Mason.